either of y'all have uh, kids? Sometimes the three-year-old just wakes up and is like, no, I will not be cooperating today. And so it just didn't, it just didn't work. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! You are listening to episode 184 of Sapnin Podcast featuring myself, Sean Smith, and my good friend, Morgan Richards. Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards, and even though I am 26, I'm just a fucked up kid who loves the Wonder Years. Are you 26? I am 26, yeah. You are a fucked up... Do you love the Wonder Years? I do. All of that fucking checks out perfectly, yeah. That's mad. <laughs> yes, this week's guest is Dan Soupy Campbell of the fantastic band The Wonder Years. What a great chat this turned out to be. What a great band they are. Just hearing all of the love from other bands about them and from them about other bands has been um, a wonderful, wonderful experience. Yes, the Dan's lyrics have been sketched on notebooks to use as photo captions and tattooed on a lot of my friends over the last decade. And the Wonder Years Pennsylvania style of hardcore pop punk has truly captured a community of accepting music fans since their inception. And to me, everything they do feels a little bit extra special. So with the band returning to the UK for Slam Dunk Festival this weekend, playing their classic albums, The Upsides and Suburbia, I've given you all and now I'm nothing in full. Soupy took some time to talk to us about a lot of unbelievable adventures, wholesome moments and songwriting secrets. And Sean, I think you can agree with me that whatever Dan does, whether it's the Wonder Years, Aaron West and the Roaring Twenties, or just everyday tasks, there's a lot more thought for other people in everything. He is genuinely one of the most beautiful people we've ever spoken to, I think. What an absolute sweetheart and all-round good egg. Yeah, it was just great to catch up and talk about everything that's going on with the Wonder Years, Aaron West. And Dan himself. So, yeah, this is a fantastic chat that I enjoyed very much. Yes, and we're going to talk about everything from how some of the most famous songs have come to him in dreams, everyday mishaps, 
how Wales is almost like a second home to him, the anniversary of the upsides in suburbia, DIY mentality, Russia, wrestling, fatherhood, and even Hank the Pigeon. So we're all guests discussed in this podcast, but we need to give a mahoosive shout out to one of our Patreon members and beloved mutual friend, Adam, King of the Goths, Parslow, for making this one happen. Yes, thank you very much to Adam. He is very friendly with Dan from his time in South Wales's finest pop punkers, Save Your Breath. Um, so yes, he, he put us in touch and we ended up having a fantastic chat where we also go on to discuss Adam later on. Adam is now in a fantastic band called The Nightmares, which you should all check out. It was mad to you, Dan, talking about places that I visit I frequent <laughs> quite a bit and talking about his love for people I know and the pub and stuff like that. So yeah, it was a, it was a fantastic, fantastic chat. I enjoyed this one very, very much. And I cannot wait to see them play Slam Dunk this weekend. Or if you are downloading this the day it came out, tonight. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And they're going to be, actually, they're going to be playing both the Upsides and Suburbia in full now at both Slam Dunk dates. If you've missed the news, unfortunately, our good friends in Motion City Soundtrack have had to pull out Boo. Uh, but Boo. the one deals are now going to be doing two sets back to back, playing both these albums in full at both shows. So that's a lot of work from, that's a lot of songs, but I'm excited to sing along to it. And of course, before we go straight into this conversation, get you excited for Slam Dunk if you're on the drive today to Leeds or you're driving tomorrow Hatfield, listening to it after the weekend and you're very hangover. Um, please go and check out what we've been up to this week via our social media pages at Sapling Pod, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok, and give us some support via our Patreon page, (laughs) patreon.com forward slash sapnin. I completely fucking forgot about the TikTok again. Oh, (laughs) we're a fucking, we're a one-hit wonder. We're a one-hit wonder. We had the first one went up, and it's had a million and a half views, right? So I was like, yes, I am the king of TikTok. Give me my crown. (laughs) Posted the second one, it's done about 38,000 views, which um, I'm all right with, but it's not 1.5 million. Yeah, wait, 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 I'm finished it. Ah, I'm finished it. I'm finished it. And then I posted a really funny one of me and you from when we went to Bristol and you were reading yeah. the Kate Bush How to Be Invisible book <laughs> and then you go invisible. And yeah, that's on about 3,000 views. Hmm. So our TikTok career might have, um, might have lasted a week, if I'm honest. But we are going to keep trying updating it. So um, keep an eye out on that. Give it a follow. As he said, on Twitter, Instagram and uh, TikTok, at Sapnipod, at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D. Yes, and support us with our Patreon patrons, more bonuses. We're going to be doing meetups at a lot of festivals over the next couple of weeks, including Slam Dunk, Download, the Heavy Music Awards. It's all going on. So patreon.com forward slash Sapning is the best way to support us. But enough about all of that. Let's get in to this wonderful, deep, and heartfelt conversation with Mr. Dan Soupy Campbell, of the Wonder Years on episode 184 of Sapnin Podcast. Lovely stuff. Sapnin! Sapnin! Very good egg, this boy. Very, 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 very good egg. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. 
Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Sapnin! 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 Yes! This week's guest is Lansdale, Pennsylvania's king of pop rock, Dan Soupy Campbell. Dan, how are you? I'm wonderful, man. I uh, I was just telling... Telling everybody before we started that I am late uh, to this. That we're supposed to, well, one, I'm I'm like weeks late, right? Because we were supposed to do it weeks ago, and we got the time zones wrong. Yeah, I have yeah. moved since. I've been here waiting, just waiting. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, staring at the screen. He's gonna come on any minute. Yeah, um, <laughs> and then my uh, my three year old was uncooperative this morning, um, and uh, so I was a half an hour late to this, and so. Really, what I want to say is that I am clearly the asshole here, and I'm very, very sorry for eating up all of your time. No, no, don't be silly. It's the life of a pop rock dad these days, I guess. <laughs> you know, you've got a you've got a lot of responsibility outside of music to to look after for. Yeah, yeah, we got a, we have two. Uh, we have uh, a three year old and a seven month old now, and uh, wow. and they keep me busy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure. I'm sure they do. Well, before we get into things, really, uh, Dan, we should give a massive shout out to our mutual friend, Adam Parslow of the Nightmares and Save Your Breath fame, uh, helping us all connect and doing this podcast. A massive uh, love to him. And I want to start by really mentioning that every time I've seen the Wonder Years perform in Wales, you always do like a bit of that set where you dedicate it to the city of Newport, the venue, the pub, and Save Your Breath as a band. Can you just like a- explain that? Is it just a love that goes back to the early days c- coming over here? It does because um, I think a thing that is true of our band that is not true of a lot of US bands is that when we started touring in the UK, it was D as I'm sorry, it was DIY as hell, right? Like we. There's no agent. There's no work visas. It was illegal as shit. Like just like coming in with a suitcase full of merch and just be like, those are my shirts. I wear the same shirt every day. Like Doug funny. <laughs> um, no, we, we used to come over here 
when we used to come over, we used to not bring guitars because like, it would look too suspicious. Well, we will just borrow guitars. Um, cause I had no idea how to go about getting a work visa. And the first tour we did a band called never so true wandered the tour with us and, uh, and Simon booked it and everything about it was illegal. Just like truly. Uh, also, I will get to save your breath on this. I'm sorry. I'm, it's no, it's yeah, a little, yeah, yeah. it's a little long winded. Um, and so we go, okay, how are we going to do it? I had never really even flown before. I'd never left the country. I had me to get passports. I was like 19, 20 years old. And, um, and so we go, okay, we, it'll look weird if it's six of us. So we'll come over in two ships. And so I went over a couple of days early um, with a couple of the guys, but we could only afford uh, a, like a, it was like a seven pound a night hostel, in, like mm. off Hyde Park in London. And we spent like a week where every morning we'd wake up and we would go to the Tesco and buy a communal baguette and a block of cheese and everyone would buy their own apple. And that's what we would eat that day is like, we'd like cut up the cheese and baguette and eat this hat, which wow. is like so broke. <laughs> and so, uh, so then the other two guys came over and the, the only thing we had at that point, we had the micro cork and we had to sneak that over. And the first show we get to, we asked them if they have a power adapter and they did, they didn't have a power converter, right? So we plugged uh, it in and it changed the prongs. It did not change the voltage. Immediately the micro cork starts smoking. We opened it up. It just melted. The next morning we went and bought a toy keyboard from, um, I forget what you call them over there. We call it like a Goodwill here. Um, but like a, uh, a secondhand store yeah, where things yeah, are sold. Yeah. Uh, so we bought this toy keyboard. We brought it to the venue the next day in New York. The sound guy was like, I can do something with this. And he hit it with a hammer to break open the little speaker that was on it. And then took the wires from the speaker and cut open an instrument cable and soldered them into the instrument cable so he could run the toy keyboard through the PA. And then it wasn't tuned to A440. So before the set, <laughs> before the set, we had to tune to the toy keyboard. So th no. this is just an idea oh. of like how DIY th these tours were, right? We're doing it. Simon rented the van. He wasn't legally old enough to rent a van. So he rented, from, rented it from a guy named Dodgy Dave. And he'd also never driven a van. <laughs> the van is supposed to seat seven. We have 10 people, all the gear and all the luggage in there. And he crashed it three times over the course of the tour. Honestly, a really sweet kid. One time I told this story and he got mad at me thinking that I was like bummed about it. I was just like, no, you, I really love you. I just, you were a bad driver. You have to admit that that was bad driving. You crashed the van three times. There's like a, I found like a journal entry that I wrote because I had to sit in this seat way, way in the back. I was like really far away from everyone. And I had to sit like my knees to my chest with a bass cab in front of me and the kick drum to my right and the window to my left. And, uh, and the way that it, I, I had this journal entry that I wrote that was like, I think I might actually die in this van. So if I do, like, I wrote like a letter to my mom. Oh no. <laughs> and so that's, that's like how DIY we were touring. And we did like five tours like that where I was booking the dates eventually. And we did a lot of them with, uh, all or nothing. A lot of them with save your breath, getting to Newport and getting to La pub. And like, they just embraced us and like, we're like this, this can be your home right now. Like I, I know that you, you know, y'all feel very unmoored and, um, and like, you're just like literally like exhausted and, and they just took care of us and, um, made us feel so comfortable and, and cared for. And that was, uh, such a big deal at a time where like you're, you're on the other side of the world, 
you're as broke as you could possibly be. You're sleeping on floors. You're sleeping in parking lots on the grounds. It was a, it was really true, like DIY shit touring. And so them taking care of us is like an act of kindness that like, I won't soon forget. And that's why we always shout out save your breath. We shout out Newport. We shout out La Pub because, you know, we don't really play Newport. Now we play Cardiff or, you know, something like that. And, um, but we want to make sure people know that like, without those places, we wouldn't be this place. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, your first tour story is a nightmare. Like it's enough to, for people to, <laughs> it's enough for most people to go, do you know what? Fuck going back to the UK. I'm never going back there again. And then, yeah, it just so happens that um, Sam from La Pub is a legend and sort of the Savory Breath Boys. So, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad that you met those fantastic people because it could have been so much worse, I guess, if you if you hadn't met those people or you met some of the dicks that live in Newport because there's quite a few dicks <laughs> that live in Newport as well. Yeah. So. Oh, I didn't realize that, too. And, like, I was walking through Newport once with Tom and Ben from Save Your Breath. And, uh, you know we're from philly like we we talk shit and uh i'm walking past people and i i was just like kind of like amblingly staring off and some guy was like what the fuck are you looking at and i spun back i'm like what the fuck are you talking like i mean just like immediately like i'm like all right let's do it and like they had to be like no 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 no. we're not gonna do this thing right now um yeah just uh you know there's um a story of like i was standing with two of their friends and i can't remember their names now because it's been like 12 years but we were standing at like, at kind of like the end of an alleyway and uh, outside the pub and a car came like running up the thing and almost hit the three of us. And this girl that was standing there with us, um, like used her bag to hit the back of the car. And these three security guards for like, I guess a club next door got out and started like screaming at her. And then I was like, no, you're not going to talk to her like that. You know, at this point in my life, we're so broke that I'm eating like once a day. I'm like 120 pounds soaking wet. And I'm trying to talk shit to these three. I'm like, I'm going to fucking die. Right. But like, there's nothing. I have to do it. So I'm like in this guy's face, just waiting for the moment where I black out from his fist hitting the side of my head. The guy that ran the skate shop in Newport. And again, I feel so bad because it's been so long. I don't remember the name. Grim, I believe. It was Grim. Grim runs over and the guy standing there with his car door kind of ajar, kind of in that space. And Grim runs over and slams the car door on the guy's leg. And just like everyone realizes what's happening. And like all of Save Your Breath, All or Nothing, and a band that at the time was called In This for Fun, but turned out to be a band called Basement. And all of the people at the show start surrounding us. And like I was like, these people have my back, right? Like I wasn't going to let their friend get yelled at by this like dickhead, uh, like jock security guard and was just ready to get utterly annihilated by these three non gentlemen. And then them coming over and they saved me right away. And I was like, okay, I need to have my back. (laughs) (laughs) Incredible. Well, honestly, you're uh, an honorary Welshman, I guess, for, uh, for all those stories. I appreciate it. I'm going to start putting a bunch more whys in my words and double. Yeah. 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 Just those. Get those vowels out of those words now. <laughs> Just consonants. That's all you need. Jesus. But, yeah. but, but talking about the early days, really, the Wonder Years have recently been celebrating the Upsides and Suburbia to two of your kind of earliest breakthrough records. You just did uh, anniversary tours over in the States playing these albums in full. I mean, how has it been like revisiting 
those tracks now going back to some you haven't probably played in a while and just what those albums mean to a lot of people because i think they were kind of vocal point in the one the years expanding to different territories especially over here in the uk and you're going to be playing them in full at the different dates at slam dunk mm -hmm. we are we are and we're also going to play both of them at a one-off show in uh like a warm-up show in bournemouth um us in pink shift which will be cool I'm really excited to get to play at pink shift but yeah, I mean, it's it's been kind of a trip, like, to, because we also hadn't been on tour in two years. Mm. So it was like, you haven't played in so long. And now we're playing these kind of marathon sets, these like two hour sets of these two full albums. I guess part of the first thing that struck me when I went back to listen to them was just like how different my voice sounded uh, a decade ago and like how much I've grown as a vocalist. And I was like, ooh, I wish I could re record all of this. <laughs> that is not, but, uh, I mean, the reaction to it was the coolest part because we had this in our head. We're like, okay, it's going to be cool, right? The shows are going to be cool. But what happens when we start playing like track six, right? Like the, the non-single tracks, will the room quiet? I mean, obviously there will be people here who know every song, but like how many of them? And uh, I now know the answer after 40 shows. Uh, it's all of them. They all fucking know <laughs> every song. It never got any quieter. The whole night stayed the same energy level. It was a truly unbelievable to see. I mean, and a lot of people, I saw a lot of people like, I haven't been to a show in 10 years. Like I, I, you know, this was around the time where I stopped going to shows and I had to come back for this record. And now I might go again, just because it's such a, I think also it's like the environment was so positive. Everyone was so happy to be there after so long of not attending shows and to get to come back and be a part of like these anniversary events for these like records that were seminal for so many people was really, really like, I felt like there was a special energy in the room, like night in and night out. And we like try to prep for it. Like it's, you know, I'm 36 now. So to do two hours and you know, how, however many songs that was like 28, 30 songs a night. Cause we were doing like encores too. So before the tour, I would get, I was getting on an exercise bike and riding uh, keeping a 20 mile an hour pace on the bike while singing the set because like uh i'm sure you you know like it's you can't recreate playing live like the way your body responds to the yeah. adrenaline of being on stage and the way you have to change how you hit and support notes when you are winded from jumping around is just different like you can have a million rehearsals you'll never build up the specific muscle strength to do that and like, this was the closest like corollary I could draw was to, to literally just get on an exercise bike and go until I was out of breath and then scream for an hour in my basement along to these songs. <laughs> um, it was like, uh, when, when, oh shit, y'all don't do baseball. But when people are warming up in baseball, uh, everyone knows, right? It's the game with the bat, right? You hit the ball yeah, with the bat, yeah, and when yeah, they're warming yeah, up, yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe I, I don't it. know. Maybe people do it with cricket too, right? Like I don't know, but like they would warm up with like three bats in their hands, or they would put weights on the bats, use heavier bats, so that it was right, okay. so that it, so that when they went to actually swing, it wasn't as hard. Well, I did the we we down tune now. But I did them at record pitch. So it was like, wow. when I got to stage, I was like, well, I've been practicing for weeks up a whole step from this. So now wow. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's, um, yeah. I've used that technique being used before. Um, oh, yeah. My friend Jason Perry, who's a record producer, he produced the records by McFly. And um, when they were writing the songs, 
Apparently the singer Tom couldn't hit the top note. What Jason did was he got a demo of the song, but pitched it up and then give it to Tom to sing in his car. So Tom was trying his best to get it in the car. And then when he eventually did get it, came back to Jason. Like, oh, yeah, I've got it. And he's like, ha-ha, you didn't even need to go that high. <laughs> Tricked yeah. you. But, yeah, it's, it's a genius technique, really. Yeah, to see what you're capable of. But, yeah, it's also like, I think that people assume that, you know, you sing with your, your throat and your lungs, but there's so many more muscles involved. And, like, even more than you realize, like, when we were on this tour, we were in L.A., and I, I did the thing I do 100 times a night, right? I was on the riser. I jumped real high. I landed. I do it all the time, but I landed in it. Something was weird. And I immediately like my shoulder and neck locked up. I couldn't look left or down. Um, and I had to play the rest of the set. Just like, okay, I guess I'll just look to my right sometimes. <laughs> Standing there. Like, oh. <laughs> and then I, I went to sleep and I woke up the next morning and was like, I can't move at all. Like I, my whole upper body is like stuck. Um, I, I needed like help getting out of my bunk. I had to go see like, a physical therapist and, and like all. And, oh, wow. And then like there were, I could, most of the set I could sing, but there were a few notes that like, you don't realize how much you use like your shoulder muscles sometimes to like get yourself over the hump of some of those high notes. And like, I would go to sing and it would lock up back here. And like, I can't hit that note. I don't have access to these muscle groups that I use to, to like strengthen my core and support the note. But going back to, um, to the upsides and, and suburbia, obviously like those records were released a year after each other. And that must have been such a super busy, momental time for the band because you were touring all over the place and you put out these two really big records right after each other. What some of you like found this memories of that time? Because I'm sure it was just kind of hectic in, in many ways. It was a true blur. I think, so we did a, an Upside Suburbia box set reissue. And in it, there was like this like 30 page book of like all of the, you know, just old photos, uncovered stuff, like essays I wrote about that time period and talking about it. But maybe my favorite part of it is the center section, which is a calendar of those two years where we mark off every date that we were somewhere doing something. We were in the studio writing or on tour. And it's like 85% of it. And we really, we finished making the upsides and went on tour basically didn't come back until we were writing suburbia. So we toured for basically like, so we, we finished writing the upsides or finished recording upsides in like August and then went on tour September, October, November, took a little break before releasing the record. And so like November, December into January, I, I remember I was, I went back to my like job when I was in community college, working at like a retirement home in the kitchen. And, uh, was sleeping on the floor of my mom's office. We put the record out. And right before we put it out, Hopeless had hit us up. So I had sent them an email like a year before that. And it was just like, why won't you listen to my fucking band? I was, I was like a total dick <laughs> it. I was like, I don't understand. I keep sending you, you know, I keep, I, I just like, we do pretty good, right? We've toured uh, the UK four times and we toured Russia and it's all DIY. Like, and we, we toured the US a bunch and our seven, both of our seven inches are totally sold out. Like everything, like, why won't you listen to us? And Eric from Hopeless answered the email and he said, 
because you didn't attach any songs. (laughs) (laughs) With help. (laughs) And so I I was like, okay, touche, here here is the seven inch. I said, I'm be pathetic forever. And he said, hey, these songs are really good. Let me know when you have a full length. And I thought, well, that was a really polite brush off, right? He obviously doesn't really like it, but it was nice of him to say that. And then we released the first single for the full length and we were playing this show with Crime and Stereo and Hostage Com. And I checked my phone and I had an email from Eric from Hopeless. And he said, I thought you were going to send me the full length when it was done. This song is great. I was like, holy shit, you were, I thought you were being nice. And, uh, and so they, before the record even came out, they were trying to buy the rights from it and sign us for the next record. And because of that, they were like, you got to make another one pretty much right away. So we released the upsides and then I'm going to do my best to get this right, but I'm probably going to fuck it up in some way. We released the upsides. We did a a release show run. And then literally the next day we started a tour with man overboard and therefore I am. And then we came home for, I'm going to say a week. And then we did a couple of weeks with crime and stereo. And then we came home for another week. And then we toured out to California with such gold back from California with set your goals flew right to the UK, did our first, we did five DIY shows and then our first slam dunk, uh, and then went to mainland Europe with four year strong and fireworks came home from that had three weeks off ish, two weeks off in that time frame. We had to buy a new van, which is a whole other disaster story <laughs> that I won't bore you with. And then jumped into, uh, like six weeks with or with streetlight manifesto. Had maybe a week off, jumped into a couple of weeks with Newfound Glory and Lemuria, and then went right to Australia, and then right home into a full US with Four Years Strong and Comeback Kid. And the day we got home, we started writing Suburbia. We wrote for five weeks, uh, took a week off for the holidays, toured to California. The day after the, the show in California, we went into the studio, made the record for four weeks-ish, the morning we finished, we did a 24-hour session to finish it and went right from the studio to the airport, flew to the UK and started the Kerrang! tour with Good Charlotte and Four Years Strong, came home and immediately went into dates with Man Overboard and Handguns, and then into a B market with fireworks, such golden living with lions, which went... At some point, we went to Australia with Parkway Drive, and then we did our first Warp Tour... And then that went right into a tour with Newfound Glory and Set Your Goals. And then I think we took our first like month off. Wow. Deserved. Well-deserved month off after all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fucking hell. What a wow. story. Yeah. And that's, that's my, my best remembrance of that. There's shit that I'm missing. Like We had to go into the studio at one point to record B-sides. We did a bunch of like one-offs. So like if you look, if you have that, can you go through and you find the calendar it's wow. just like every date is marked off that's insane and a lot of the dates that aren't marked off were like writing sessions for the b-sides or like rehearsals or they're just like music video shoots there just was not it was every every minute of every day we were like living and breathing the thing i don't even remember the question now because i went so long <laughs> on no, it's not- no it's like but it's just it's manic to see that like those records are obviously connected with so many people and i think they're really considered kind of cult classics for the band so to see that you were so busy during that time you know, you weren't just somewhere being creative and trying to work out the best plan for them you were literally on the road and this is just all the time you had i think speaks testament yeah. to the wonder years route 
I think that you can even, again, if you have that box set, and I would love to reissue it now because it sold out in about 15 minutes, which really shocked us. And then we repressed it. And then that sold out in a couple hours. And then we were like, well, we, we don't have, you know, mm. you know, the way vinyl plants are right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're trying to, we're trying to get our new record pressed. Like we don't have time to press the like, reissues right now, but I want to reissue that box set because I think it's really cool. But the last of the four LPs in the box set has like really bad demos. Um, which is like not that doesn't sound like I'm selling you on it or buying it. Right? <laughs> do, do you know what? I gotta fucking get it now. Awful demos, eh? Fucking they fucking suck. But <laughs> the idea was like uh how the sausage gets made thing, right? Yeah. So like it's like iPhone demos and we were writing it, like we were writing songs on tour, and like so there's one um and I was so stressed because this is when we were we were doing the like couple of days I said with Newfound Glory in Miria, and we were staying they were doing it in between a tour with Paramore. Like it was like the off day shows. So there were a couple of days off in a row where they were doing shows with Paramore. We were in Alabama staying at this house slash venue called God's Butt, which is a great name for a venue. I thought I misheard that. And I was like, don't, Sean, don't, don't repeat that in case you've got it wildly wrong. God's you butt. You are correct. Yeah. The, the butt of God. Yes. It's God's butt. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh luke from uh he was in make doing men and tiger shaw lived there <laughs> uh among a bunch of other people so god's butt um and i was so stressed about having to write this record that i was ha- i had this dream right and in the dream i the record was done and i told my uncle that i would clean out this spare room in his house because i needed an excuse to put my headphones in and listen to a record and he was like, all right, go for it. And I put my headphones in and I pressed play on my phone and I heard myself singing a song that I had not written. And I woke up and was like, somebody get a fucking guitar. <laughs> and there's this, there's this voice memo and it's like tagged. It's like eight in the morning and it's me and Nick in the kitchen of God's butt. And it's the chorus of Don't Let Me Cave In that like I wow. literally dreamt into existence. That's and mine. then there's a... There's another one that's us writing Coffee Eyes in the trailer outside of a show. Um... And like you can, you can hear Kennedy drumming on a merch box in it. Like that's how we were writing a lot of those songs. Because we we're like, there's no time. There's mm. no fucking time. Like anytime you have an idea, we got to get it down on something because we we have to get a, a record written in five weeks. And that felt crazy to us at the time. Still feels crazy, man. It takes us so fucking long to write a record now. <laughs> yeah, I, I, as you said, I, it's just I can't get over you. I, you've remembered a dream melody. That's that's that <laughs> seems mad. I can't remember my own dreams now. Let alone like specific melody. Like, have you ever had any of them? Have you had any others since? I have, but every time I wake up and record the melody on my phone, I listen back the next morning. I'm like, that sucked. <laughs> it wasn't good at all. <laughs> but that one ended up being "Don't Let Me Cave In," which is one of our like most important songs of our yeah. entire yeah. career. So, yeah, that's, that's uh, awesome. thank you, Dream Mate. You know what? I had a. Never mind. I don't have to talk to you about dreams. This is tell us about your dreams. It. Go I'm for it. Go for it. Well, I just um. I was thinking about that. So I, I told this story uh, to my wife the other day where a million years ago in high school, Nick, Matt and I from Wonder Years were in a band called The Premiere. And the first record that ever reached out to us, um, funny enough, was a label called Megaforce, which you might remember as being the label that released like early Metallica stuff. They're like a metal label. And uh, there was a guy that worked there named Greg and we called him Gregaforce. And they had this like very short-lived indie rock sub-label. And he was like, I think that your band would be good for this. And I, we met with the guy and he had just, he had been hit by a car and had like neck surgery. And so this was the first day he was going out without his neck brace. 
And so whenever he would talk to us, or he would try to cross the street, but he couldn't look both ways. And I was like, don't cross. And I could not remember the name of the label though, like the sub label. And I woke up last night and I had remembered it in a dream. I was like, it was called trans dreamer. <laughs> you know, it's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, like, my like subconscious gave it back to me. It was like, you have this memory somewhere. Here it is. Trans dreamer records tried to sign or didn't really try to sign. They had a meeting with us uh, and never, it was, that was the end of it. They were like, these, these kids are idiots. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> Well, you mentioned, yeah, you mentioned going to Russia there. How was that for you? Because I've never, I've never been there. I just wonder how it is oh, for bands. It was, I, I don't know how it is for bands. I know how it is for us. And it was the same level of like DIY-ness, right? So no work visas, none of that. We, um, okay. Can you stay in another long story? Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, this podcast Carry is on. for long stories and everything. So you yeah, go for it. People listening to this podcast are fucking sick of you to me and Morgan. Oh. Talk, so please talk. <laughs> so we played Dublin and then we were taken to the airport. It's five in the morning and we flew from Dublin to London City Airport, which is not near anything. Uh, again, no guitars, right? We don't have guitars or anything. Like we, All we have are these big long, probably four foot long duffel bags of merch. No personal clothing, except for what we shoved in those bags. And we would take them and throw them over our shoulders. And you'd hold them like this and it would you around your head. We had to take a bus and a couple of tubes and then a train to get from London City Airport to London Heathrow Airport. Uh, we had like five hours to do it. And then we flew from Heathrow to Geneva. And we had a layover overnight in the airport. I, I, there was like a, like go to, I think it was like Spain or Portugal. And it was like a display, like a, a vacation display that had like lounge chairs and like, like beach chairs. And I like slept in the beach chair display for a while. Also, the, I think the weirdest thing that happened was over the loudspeaker where there would normally be like music playing someone in the airport who thought that they were alone cleaning was just playing porn over the speakers. It's oh, very weird no. and uncomfortable to be like <laughs> in an airport overnight, trying to hide from security. Cause if you're not supposed to be there and like one of the janitors is just blasting porn over the loudspeaker. <laughs> very weird. Um, woke up the next day. So that was Geneva flew to Zurich and then had a half an hour to fly into Moscow, got into Moscow no work visas. We have no idea how to fill out the paperwork to get into the country. And there are just dudes with fucking assault rifles everywhere. And we borrowed someone's phone to try to call the promoter who again is a kid, right? It's like an 18 year old kid. Um, and his friends, you know, at this point we're 21. We're like we're in better shape. And I think we just were like, we acted so confused at customs. They finally just let us in. And then they picked us up and we we're like, okay, where's the van? Like, there's no van. You're in like five different cars. Drove us to the venue. It was called the Chocolate Fabric because it was both at different points was a chocolate factory and a fabric factory. Um, <laughs> of course, chocolate fabric. <laughs> and like, but basically, but I guess like the, the crux of this is like, okay, so we played Moscow. The St. Petersburg show got canceled. We played a place called Vladimir. And then we played Moscow again because the St. Petersburg show got canceled. There was never a van. We were taking like trains and buses and subways. And we would get to the subway to like jump the turnstile. Like there's no money to pay for this. And so we're like jumping turnstiles. We were on a train out to Vladimir. And uh, 
the person tried to come collect the ticket money and the people that we were with that like booked the, the, the collected that booked it just held the door shut so they couldn't get in and just laughed at them through the window. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was just a truly an absurd time. Um, and again, like we're sleeping like on the merch bags in like random apartments and um, yeah, it was just, it was fucking weird. Uh, I, I mean, I can tell you a million little weird things about it. But I think the one that sticks out to me most is like, I always, when I, you know, we were playing shows with no barricades and whatever, and people would want to sing along. When I would give them the mic, I would put my thumb out so that as I was letting people sing into the mic, my thumb would touch their cheek before the mic would so that I didn't bash anyone's teeth out. It was just like a little safety measure that I put in. And you know how like when you're playing guitar and you touch a microphone and you close a circuit sometimes and you get shocked? That was happening when I was touching the crowd. And I was like, how is this possible? Like, Ooh, who yeah. is electrically charged here <laughs> that I'm getting shot whenever I make contact with a person? It was a very, a truly weird experience. And like, again, like as DIY as it could possibly get. And like, we never really knew where we were or where we were going. We were just following people. And like, no one's English was great. So they were just like, come with us this way, dudes. We'd be like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love the idea that we've now got a conspiracy that everybody in Russia is electric. So, uh, <laughs> is, is now made of electricity. So, that's good news. Uh, if I had to wager some sort of guess, I would say that there was like a grounding issue with like the floor. Oh, yeah. I, don't, <laughs> I don't fucking know. Who man. knows? It was weird. Who knows? But it's safe to say that, you know, the wonder is you've definitely paid your dues with some crazy touring schedules and stuff over the years but as you mentioned there i mean obviously the band has always kind of been put into that alternative pop punk kind of seeing and genre and stuff but you're a band who have connected with so many different audiences as well you mentioned touring with parkway drive you've done stuff with enter shikari and let live over the years and it always feels to me that the wonder years is more than just another pop punk band you have this whole kind of connection with people have you ever been able to kind of wrap your head around maybe why the Wonder Years is so different in that regard? Well, I think as far as like us playing with other genres to start, it's when we were first touring, there was no scene for the kind of music we were playing at the time, right? There were bands that were, we used to call them best pop bands. You know, they were bands full of people that were playing that era's version of pop punk. Um, but it wasn't what we were doing and we weren't particularly, um, invited to that party, which was fine. We don't have to be invited to everything. Right. That's the, the, I'm not saying that in like a sour grapes way, just that's just what it was. And so when I was booking the DIY touring, almost everything we were playing were hardcore shows. Cause that was the community that was like, okay, you're welcome to come play here. And so that, and that was like, you know, that was what DIY was, set up for in those days. So I think that a lot of it is we came up playing with hardcore bands. And so we never felt out of place. I will say that Parkway Drive tour, Parkway Drive were incredibly kind to us. So, so nice. Their audience deeply fucking hated us. Uh, just <laughs> these were like four to 8,000 cap arenas. And we were like, we played a million hardcore shows. This will be fine. And it was not we would finish a song and you would hear one of the three following sounds. Silence, booze, or Parkway Drive chants. Um, we were getting pelted with shoes and ice and basically the whole, the whole night. 
they didn't like us, which is again, fine. That's your prerogative. But what was uh, troubling for me is I had also lost my voice very badly. So I was like, man, not only do they hate us, we also suck. (laughs) I'm playing like shit. And so I can't even change their minds. Let me, let me try to convince you that we're, we're worth your time. It was like, who is this band full of non-metal idiots and why are they awful? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But as far as like, as far as why we have been able to connect with a lot of different people, I think that, I think our lyrics are, um, are, are hard on their sleeve enough that people can, if they, if they connect to the lyrics, they can, they can be a part of it. And also I think that it's part of it is how welcoming we try to be. We really do our best to try to make sure the shows are as inclusive and accommodating as they can be. Um, you know, everything from like, we try to have our light show rated by a, um, a charity called lead DIY that will rate light shows for light sensitivity and, and put warnings up. We in America, there's something called the Americans with disabilities act, um, which is like it, the level of compliances that a place has to have as far as ramps or um, accessible bathrooms, accessible seating uh, before a tour, we work with a, a charity called half access and we go through and find all of the venues that we're playing that are not already in their database. And then we send them um, a questionnaire. So you have to answer this and tell us all before we, before we're willing to announce the shows. Uh, we've, we actually held off our announce on our tour for two weeks because people hadn't answered this. Um, we got to know all of your accessibility information because as Cassie at half access has told me many, many times, if a venue is inaccessible, but it's the only place you can play, I don't fault you for playing it, right? You have to do your job. My problem or, or Cassie's problem has always been when I don't know the situation that I'm getting into and I pay money for a ticket or I don't buy a ticket because I don't know what the situation is. I bought a ticket. I get to the show. I can't actually get into the show, right? They don't have an elevator and it's upstairs. Well, I just wasted that money. Or I didn't buy a ticket because I was worried about that. And then I come to find out after the show is sold out, it was totally accessible and I could have enjoyed the show. Um, so we try to make sure that information is plain to everyone. We try to make sure that there are gender neutral bathrooms available. If the show is during Ramadan, we try to make sure that people can bring food in to break fast, things of that nature. And I think that that lets people know that they are welcome. They're welcome at a Wonder Years show. Everyone is welcome. And so I think that helps in, uh, in, in widening the amount of people that are interested in the band because they feel like I'm cared for here and I, I will be treated with respect here. Yeah, nice, very nice. Um, yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to just touch on um, what was that Parkway tour the strangest or weirdest tour that you've done for reactions? Yeah, yeah, I would say it would have to be. Obviously, Shikari is a, a strange tour, but I think the thing about Shikari when we were offered that tour, we asked all of our friends, "What What do you think about us touring Shikari?" I mean, we don't sound anything like that. And what they said was, "Well, no, that is anyone else. Shikari is singular." No one on the planet sounds like Shikari. And so they can't tour with fans that sound like them. And so their fan base is accustomed to being open-minded to what is coming. The Parkway tour was originally called the Mix and Mash tour. And the idea was that it was going to be Parkway Drive, I believe, bleeding through the Wonder Years and Yumi at Six. So it was supposed to be a genre mash. Yumi at Six had to cancel. And in their place... 
Parkway booked Miss May I. And so instead of it being kind of like a, a little bit of each, it ended up being like a, a metal tour with us, which again, like we were just happy for the opportunity and Parkway were really, really, truly wonderful to us, really kind and accommodating and very, very helpful in making it happen. But uh, yeah, we ended up on a tour that we just, we ended up on a metal tour. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you mentioned there about um, reconnecting with people with lyrics as well. And obviously, uh, apart from the Wonder Years, you're very busy with loads of different projects with Aaron West and the Roaring Twenties. And last year, you put out your first real solo record as well, kind of revisiting songs you've written for other people. Is there a certain way you approach songwriting or just lyrics for these different projects? Because it does seem the kind of Aaron West, you kind of do a bit more of a character instead of the solo work you've written songs for other people in mind i mean do you feel like it's separate identities for you when, when you go into these different projects yeah it, it does tend to be because the wonder years um traditionally is very me right it's that's like i am the narrator here um i am the, the source of information is 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 dan campbell and so yeah you're gonna get a lot of me and like i will obscure details or um semi-fictionalized accounts to protect people in my life um, who may not want to be so obviously, you know, mentioned, but you're, you're ostensibly getting me. Aaron West is um, fully fictionalized, right? That is a, an entirely different universe um, that exists. And so it is a character. All of the songs are written from the perspective of the character all of the narrative is fiction. But what I think is really interesting about it, and you know, shout out to Mark Andrews here if we're talking about it, um, is that I think that it is an art form most closely correlated with pro wrestling in the sense that like, okay, yes, it is a rock show, right? That is what you're going to get if you're coming to an Aaron West show. Or maybe, I don't know, rock might be the wrong term. It's a, kind of like an Americana folk punk thing whatever mm. i don't give a shit right genre names are not super <laughs> important to me but you're gonna get a band performing you're gonna show um but it's fictionalized and i'm playing a character so you might say okay well this is kind of like musical theater except it's not because musical theater is somewhat static in the sense that what happens night to night on stage is the same thing it is the same story arc being performed and obviously there's nuance but and, and, and slight changes, but the, the story will be the same broadly. Aaron West, because Aaron West exists in this like specific canonical universe where everything that's happening is happening to the character in real time. And I'm playing the character on the show or in the show on stage. What happens at the show could conceivably affect the narrative moving forward. And the only art form I can think of that is live, wherein the, the actions one night affect the universe and the story moving forward is pro wrestling, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. That's what, if Mark is wrestling Pete Dunne and gets his eye gouged out, well, then the next night he's going to come out with an eye patch on. And so like what, what happened the night before affects the next night. And I don't think that there are a lot of art forms that do that. And so I think that's kind of what's interesting about Aaron West. Mm. Yeah. Bloody butch gouging eyes. Bloody butch. <laughs> no, but it is, it's kind of, it's kind of like, you know, your persona, your gimmick and kind of thing in terms of in wrestling with that. And 
wrestling has been a, a huge other love of your life, really. And I'm sure it's kind of helped you through a lot of different aspects as well as music and just kind of taking your mind off things as well. Yeah. So I, um, what's funny for me is I, so I loved wrestling growing up. I, I loved it. And then I, the way I try to talk about this is like, I wanted to be in a band for a living really, really bad. It's the thing that I wanted most, but I knew, I just knew that I was not as talented as a lot of other people. And I went to, what do you all call high school? Uh, yeah, high school. Yeah, school. Second, yeah. High school. Second, I, I high school. Secondary school, but yeah, yeah, yeah I call it high okay, school. Okay, so uh, how many people did you graduate with? You know, a lot of people say, you know, for a lot of people, it's like a hundred, three hundred, right? My class was eleven hundred. That's just my wow. class. Wow. Um, we, I went to a massive high school, bigger than a lot of universities, and so there's a lot of talent at that school in a lot of different ways, and in the music programs, man, so much talent. And so I just knew everyone was better than me. And so I knew that if I wanted this, it just meant around the clock working. It meant being focused on it all of the time. And so I lost every hobby I had. I had no hobbies left. When I was at work, if I had a minute, I'm writing songs. If I'm in class and I have a minute, I'm routing tours. And then it became our job. And in like 2011, it had become our job. And we were on the work tour. And I realized this is my job now. And I had a bad day at work. And I didn't know what to do. I had no idea what to do with myself because my refuge from a bad day at work was, was the band. But now that the band is the work, a bad day at work means that the band was difficult. And where do you go? And it just so happened to be the night that CM Punk cut the pipe bomb promo on John Cena. And we were watching it on the bus and I was like, holy shit, wrestling is amazing. I forgot how amazing wrestling was. And that, that kind of reinvigorated my relationship with wrestling. Yeah, wow. and, then he fu- and then he fucked off forever. Bastard. Like, yeah, well, <laughs> he's back now. Up until, yeah, up he's until back, baby. Yeah, he's, yeah back. he's very much back. Yeah. I cried. I cried when he came back. So that's, that's saying something. But I'm sure you've had like mm-hmm. a lot of connections with wrestlers and they're kind of your music inspiring them. Obviously, we've mentioned good friend of ours, Mark Andrews. But is there anyone else you kind of met over the years and, and had that kind of relationship with? I think the closest is, um, ooh. Do I use the, the gimmick name? Uh, uh, <laughs> this gimmick. The closest is Seth Rollins. Um, nice. He and I talk uh, probably weekly, a couple times a week. Um, he has a daughter named Rue. And so we talk parenting. We talk football. We talk wrestling. We just shoot the shit. He, um, it wasn't even a thing that people knew, but we, we did this rollout for our new single. And there was a, a phone number you could call and a voice would read you a lyric from the song. The voice is Seth Rollins. It, it wasn't oh, like an advertised oh. thing, but he just has such a good fucking voice that, yeah. um, and he's, and he's married to, to Becky Lynch. And so, you know, like I, we were in LA making the record. I went up, I wanted to meet Rue. And so I went up to their place and, um, you know, just got to hang out with the, the kid who's so fucking cute. <laughs> but like, yeah, I would say that's, that's my closest, um, wrestling relationship. That's insane. Oh, fair play. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, we love wrestling. Sometimes yeah. we have wrestlers on the podcast and stuff. So every time we hear someone just friends with a wrestler, you get that reaction when I just stayed at the window and, oh, that's uh, nice. That must be real nice. Don't get me wrong. I'm friends with, Mark Andrew, I'm friends with White Lightning Mark Andrews. Like, um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that. But, um, yes, it must be um, fantastic to be uh, friends with the... Uh, well, it's, it's really cool. 
it's been very cool to watch him grow because when we first were friends, he, he had just, it wasn't even called NF- NXT yet. It was FCW. And, um, I think that there's video of him doing a Phoenix splash into the crowd at our show in Tampa off the stage as a stage dive. And j- just to watch him go from that was to he Tyler Black then. Was he Tyler Black at the time then? That was just when he started being Seth Rollins. Very, very beginning of Seth Rollins. It was like he had just stopped using God's Last Gift as a finish and um, was touring with the Phoenix Splash as a finish or um, he was doing a, a super kick to someone on their knees and it was like named after like a, I think it was the killing curse from Harry Potter. It was like a Vada Kedavra or something. <laughs> I remember when they put him in the video game and he told them that was the name of it, but they didn't tell, he didn't tell them it was a uh, Harry Potter thing. Um, oh, did he get in trouble for it? Did he have any backlash? I don't. I don't think so. No, no, no I don't think so. It just, um, you know. But anyway, I don't want to talk too much about, uh, about Seth and his finishes. But like, it's just been cool to watch him go from not yet in in E, not yet in the the main show, to being the the draw, right? Like the top of it. Getting to watch him cash in at Mania and and uh, and take the strap for the first time and. And then being married to Becky and having the two of them be like, honestly, like two of the most powerful forces in the industry in a very long time is, I mean, I just intensely proud of him. And he also took the, the greatest RKO of all time, I think. So <laughs> that, that one, that one really was off of the blackout. Yeah. When yeah, he was yeah. going for yeah. uh, that. And off the it up and then, say yeah. it again. Say it again, Dan. Off the what? After the blackout. <laughs> That's it, yeah, because he named his, <laughs> his finishing move after my band Aww. that he's never heard in his life, I bet. <laughs> I bet he has. He's actually really plugged in um, in this world of music. Well, next time we speak to him, just go, oh, do you remember a shit band from the UK called The Blackout? And then he'll say, um, God, no. Or, oh, <laughs> fuck, yeah. Oh, and, then, and then tell him to come on this, and then we'll just yeah, talk we'll music with him. Yeah, and cool. then you're all sad. <laughs> Yeah, awesome. <laughs> well, Dan, as we start to wind down here, um, two last things I would love to talk to you about before we uh, we wrap up. Obviously, you've mentioned making a new record. I uh, just put out a new single now uh, in Oldest Daughter. And what else can you really tell us about um, this album now and, and kind of just the process and what can we expect? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Uh, I think that it's hard because I, I can't talk too, too much about the record yet. 
I mean, I guess I could, right? Like, conceivably, <laughs> but <clears throat> I think people would be mad at me. The the idea though, we we are just waiting to confirm because of the difficulty of vinyl timelines right now. We are a band that like records matter to our fans and um and having them as part of the the process of releasing it. We're not like a uh, streaming service band. We are people love to have the physical record. And so we're waiting to find out when those physical records will arrive. And that will allow us to say, okay, the record is coming out this day. And once we know that for sure, we can put up a pre-order and we can announce the record and we can talk all about it. But because we don't know for sure yet, <laughs> we're just, uh, we're, we, we got tired of waiting and we wanted people to hear some of these songs. I, I can tell you this about the record. I feel very confident that it is the best Wonder Years record. I feel very confident in that. And I feel very confident that if you love the Wonder Years, that this will be your favorite. It just, it feels like it would be impossible for that not to be the case. That, that's the way I feel about it. That's how, that's how confident I am. That's how strong I feel about the songs. It just, as a whole, listening through and i do a lot because my uh my kid loves it so much and so every day when i take him to daycare that's what he wants to listen to Aww. and so i listen to the record a lot and every time i listen i'm just like damn it, it really is this is our best work <laughs> it just i don't think that it's even a question i think it's our best work nice well that's the seal of approval you need really yeah so i'm yeah. looking for i'm looking forward to it, man um and obviously throughout the years i'm sure you've seen many people with kind of tattoos with your lyrics and everything but when you started this band, did you ever imagine that you would inspire so many people to get Hank the Pigeon tattooed? Because I've seen quite a few, and I know a, I know a lot of people with that tattoo. No, I I did not. It, it's um, it's a trip every time, right? It's like it's hard. What's really crazy to me is when I think about it in the context of the ways that my friends and I consumed the music and were obsessed with artists. And, and like, I know so many people that have the get up kids robot tattooed on them. And then, and I, and begin, I know that they have it tattooed on them because I know how much the band means to them. And so when I kind of extrapolate that out and go, okay, well, these people have Hank the pigeon tattooed on them. So in a way we are their get up kids. That's where my mind fucking explodes to this day. One of the, I don't know why this is the thing, but the more than the tattoos, the thing that always got me is people would tell when people would tell me I would listen to it on the way to school when I would drive myself to school and then uh, would be so excited to get out of school to put it on to drive home. And I remember that feeling about bands about like, it would get me out of bed in the morning because I knew that I could get in my car and put at this point, like literally like I'm downloading songs from LimeWire and viruses, songs and viruses. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Until, oh, half, half the songs you downloaded were soldier boy. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, by until you, you know, and I'm oh, staying up yeah. until two in the morning to get him to download. And then I'm uh, arranging them on a CD and burning myself a CD and it would get me out of bed in the morning to know I'm going to go listen to that new song that I'm really, really excited about. 
and then listen to it on the way to school, sneak my CD player in, and in the hallways between classes, pop my headphones in and take just to be able to listen to 90 seconds of it that I loved so much. And then just think about all day, just thinking about, man, as soon as I get out, I'm going to go to my car and I'm going to put this record on and just fucking roll the windows down and scream it. And the fact that people told us that we were that band for them was the thing that made me feel like, oh my God, we made it. That, that's what uh, we, we affected a life in that way. And I know that at this point, like people will tell us you've affected my life in much deeper ways, right? But like <laughs> something about that genuine, raw, unfiltered love of music um, that comes from that level of excitement is, is the thing that really lands with me the most. Um, uh, beautiful beautiful well thank you so much man for taking the time to do this i absolutely loved every second of it um it's been one hell of a journey and just yeah can't wait for this new record and to see you at a uh, slam dunk now very soon yeah wonderful yeah okay so yeah the one you're doing slam dunk at uh slam dunk north we are playing all of the upsides at slam dunk south we are playing all of suburbia at bournemouth the warm-up show we're playing both records and the entire week before that the full eight piece Aaron West and the Roaring Twenties is doing its its UK debut. So I would say that's a thing not to miss. Um, especially if you've seen me do Aaron West solo. It's just like a totally different experience to have the horn section up there and the keys. And it's really I, I thought about this a lot. I think that like the thing about Aaron West, the usefulness in Aaron West is bringing joy to dark places and and how to be able to perform these very um lyrically heavy songs with this like eight piece band that is so happy to be playing music in front of people is like a really truly like interesting and cool experience that i recommend everyone try to have nice nice well yes thank you very very much for coming on dan this has been fucking fantastic i've enjoyed it i love your positivity i love that you're fucking emanating it you're emanating positivity And I love that. And again, Junior send their love. Thank you very much to Adam Haslow for helping us sort this out. Yes. Um, we loved it. Let's- the Nightmares are on that Aaron West tour. I should have said that. The Nightmares and a band called uh, Me Rex that uh, Anna, our agent, was like, hey, check out this band. And I listened to this song called Skin of Itches. It was like, this is the most enthralled I've been with a song in years. It's just a truly <laughs> unbelievable song. Um, so yeah, Mirax and uh, and the Nightmares are on that Aaron last run, and um, and like I said, Pink Shift, Pink Shift is on that um, that one of years one off. Yeah, awesome. Well, yeah, hopefully Beautiful. at Slam Dunk we can um, get together and have a chat. Can't wait to see you. Have a good one. Stay safe. Appreciate y'all, boys. Thank you very much for being cool about the time. Oh, you blew my bloody drums up, and you did. I got a big woo. You have got a big woo. Um, <laughs> I, I, I saw it once when you got out of the shower the last time. Like, anyway, thank you very much to <laughs> the brilliant Dan Campbell, who I keep nearly calling Aaron West every time I think of him. I wish he'd just stick to one of his bloody personas because it makes that a lot simpler for me. But yes, thank you very much to Dan Campbell. Thank you very much to the Wonder Years for the music over the years. But yeah, we had a great chat with him. You are probably now in love with him because he's such a nice guy and I cannot, I cannot talk positively enough about going to see the Wonder Years. You must go and see them if you are at Slam Dunk. It is now one of the many rules that Boris Johnson has recently put into law, into action. You have to see the Wonder Wonder Years and you have to 
join our Patreon unless you're a Tory. If you're a Tory, don't join our Patreon. If you're not a Tory, you're obliged. Yes, that's a lot of useful information. I'm glad he's apparently said this because normally what he said is a load of bollocks, but I agree. Go and see the one DVD. Nice. And um, sign up on slowly, slowly. I, yes, excellent. Keep Morgan. Come to the dark side. Mm. <laughs> you're not Patreon. really. You're coming to the light side. Yeah, you're coming to the good yeah, side. But it's it's nice that I've finally got you to talk shit on politicians. But yes. Um, oh yeah, I just, yeah. I know. I just like to not bastards. Isn't swear. It? Yeah, they are. They are. They're pissing me off a lot lately. But anyway, go and see the one years of slam dunk. Sign up to our Patreon. Patreon.com for slash happening for a lot of extra bonuses there and get to be a part of this wonderful community. Um, but I'm really looking forward to this new album they're currently working on. The singles have released so far sound absolutely huge. And as I said, if you've missed the news, they will be performing both The Upsides and Suburbia live at both Slam Dunk dates now that Motion City soundtrack are able to perform uh, at the event. The Wonder Years were supposed to play a special warm-up show in Bournemouth this week, but had to cancel. They have said that will be rescheduled for November um, so keep an eye on details around that. Maybe there'll be some extra dates uh, with everything. And yeah, it's just nice to see someone from Pennsylvania having such a love for Newport and Welsh people in general. So like the weird connections of these, of these things work out, but I absolutely loving stories like that. You definitely wouldn't get anywhere else. Absolutely. Lovely chap. Was taken aback when he said to mention the pub. Uh, what other news have we got for Slam then? Oh, sadly, the used have had to step out of slam dunk yeah. uh, this year due to um the drummer looking after his mental health so is it drummer no it's Bert. It up. is it he signed it as robert he did sign it as robert and yeah. i was like it's not the drummer the drummer's name is dan yeah so yeah so absolutely sorry to to hear that uh bert isn't doing too well um get well soon brother but yeah slam dunk is going to be hell of a weekend um <laughs> As some of you will know, as you are currently on your way, hopefully. But yes, oh, I'm going to be DJing at Slam Dunk um, at both the Leeds and the Hatfield shows. Um, so uh, check out the Slam Dunk socials at Slam Dunk Festival for information on that. Well, basically, the next two weeks for us are going to be absolutely right, jam-packed. Just quickly, just to let everyone know, just in case you're wondering what these two idiots are going to be getting up to. Um, too much. To, too much. Today, the answer is too much. <laughs> today, if it's, we a will thing, be... if it's a thing going on, if it's a thing going on, we are fucking doing it, right? We are fucking doing it. Carry on, Mark. Sorry, man. Sorry. So we have we right now we are we are in Leeds today. When this is released, we'll be at Leeds to Slam Dunk North. Then on the Saturday, we are at Slam Dunk South, covering both days of the festival, recording stuff for the podcast. On Sunday, we will be at the Heavy Music Awards because we are nominated somehow again for the best yeah, we'll podcast. Be losing the award again. Yep, 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 yep. And then next week, we will be at Downloads Festival oh, from the fuck. Thursday to Sunday. We're going to be doing our first ever live oh, podcast shit. to an audience, to people yeah, watching know. us. Right. Do I say, do I say, please, please come and watch us? Or do I say, oh, do us a favor? For your sake, don't fucking bother, will you? Um, <laughs> yes, we are doing a live one of these. Oh, fucking hell. At download, at the dog house. Dog house, dog, dog house. Dog, dog house. Dog kennel stage. Come to the dog kennel <laughs> stage because we are going to be talking. If you've ever wondered what we sound like um, from far away and more muffled, 
check out to download where we're going to be talking on stage and um yes we're hoping to have a guest or two with us to have a chat because god knows you're going to get bored of us two talking bollocks to each other yeah that's true but if you've ever wondered what our faces actually look like when we're talking all this bollocks you get to see it it's for the in the in the flesh live at downloads festival on june the ninth um we're going to be at the festival for the rest of the weekend recording loads of stuff for the podcast and stuff as well so keep an eye on everything at sapling pod uh twitter instagram and tiktok we might try and make more of those if they go successful and we end not end up with just one view on something um and we do have other announcements soon it might be announced by now just go to our social media and you'll see it. But you get all the news first. Patreon.com forward slash happening over there anyway. So, woo. Nice. He is goddamn right about that. I want to say a big shout out to our Patreon community, some of which we met at the My Chemical Romance show in Cardiff and got a lovely picture with. So if you'd like to see that picture, check out Patreon.com forward slash happening. Um, and yes, get in touch with us at Sapling Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, like Morgan said about who you would like us to speak to next week at Download Festival. If there's anybody you know that you love, that you would like to like for us to speak, tag both of us, us at Sapling Pod and at whoever the person you want us to talk to, because they're not psychic and they're not going to go, oh, I've just had a tweet, I think, that's not directed at me, telling me to go on Sapling Podcast. So, yes, <laughs> do that. It's going to be a fucking fun two weeks. See, they're going to be fun two weeks or the worst two weeks of my life. So um, definitely <laughs> subscribe to us to find out which of the two is going to be. Yes, there's, there's going to be a lot going on and you, you definitely need to find that out. But uh, a massive thank you to our Patreon community needs to be said. So if you head to the description of this episode, there's loads of names there, as always, that we thank. But Sean is going to give a mahoosive shout out to the elite members of our Sapling Podcast Patreon community. Thank you very much, Kylie Wheeler. Mayumi Mahusev Leeway, Janelle Caston, Piss Flaps, Mitch Perry, Dilly, I thought this was only fans Grimwood, Kelly Ewing, Nathan Croshaw, Emma Barber, Sammy G, Tony Michael, Kat Besson, Dana Lasnava, Jenny Robson, Murray Grimwood, Piss Flaps, Amy Dawson, Kieran Olmley, Amy Louise, Alexandra Pemblett, and Piss Flaps, Tom Owen, Caroline Robinson, Chris Howard, Joe Ackland, M. Evans Roberts, Jacob Edrington, Kate Patrick, Martina McManus, Louis Cook, Paul, Carl Pendlebury, and he said Paul Kendlebury. Change your name, Carl. Danny Eaton, James McNaught, Craig Harris, Jenny Munster, Kelly Cannon, Jason Aredia, Emily Perry, John and Emma, who I'll be seeing on the weekend, Adam King of the Goths Parslow, he's a big part of this, Kalila Keen, Piss Flaps, Josh What Did the Shipmates Find in the Toilet, The Captain's Log, Crisp, thank you very much, Alice Wood, Reese Bowring, Kate Stevenson, Daniel Stevenson, Kyle David, there's an axe murderer on the loose, media says his first name is Sean Smith, I get it, because me and Kyle have the same surname. Ah. Thank you very much, Connor Lewins, and last by no means least, Sammy G. Thank you guys very, very, very much, and everybody who's part of our Patreon, and anyone who's considering it. Only Tories are not part of our Patreon, so if you're not a Tory, you must become a part of our Patreon. If you're a Tory, stay far away. I didn't realise Piss Flaps was such a big supporter of us. They've mentioned themselves many times there, so... Yeah, I think it's like a European name. I think it's, oh. um, I think I pronounced it wrong. I think it's more peas, peas flaps, flaps. Okay. I think it's a German name, peas flaps. I think it is. P peas flaps. Peas flaps. You've really got to pronounce the eight flaps. 
Flops. We've got fucking mad. <laughs> oh, God <laughs> alive. Anyway, come and fucking see us. I'm DJ in a slam dunk. Me and Morgan are going to be about, if you say hello, shout, uh, if you see us, shout Sapnin. Great to see you and um, all of that. Add something pod on everything. I've lost my mind, Monk. Yeah, we've, we've gone a bit mental. Love everyone. Thank you for checking this out. Thank you for our Patreon for making this happen each and every week. We'll be back next Friday with a new episode and a very special guest. And until then, look after yourselves and enjoy festival season. Oh, yes. I have to give a shout out as well to uh, Phase Games, also known as Kate, by sending me this new microphone. So if this sounds Ooh. better than the other podcasts... Thank you very much to Elgato, because this, I think it sounds absolutely lovely and warm. I sound warmer than ever, I believe. So um, <laughs> thank you very much to Elgato for sorting us out. And um, yes, see you all next week, I guess. Or oh, at the festivals, if I can add, isn't it? Anyway, something! 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 You're listening to Sabnin Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much. <laughs>